This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today, we check in with Mike Frisch of Fishing Midwest. We talk about his TV show, we talk about his school of fish, and we've got a fast five. It's all coming up on the podcast. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Chuck Hasse of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're checking in with Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest and, of course, the School of Fish. We haven't talked to him for a while. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Enjoy the opportunity to be here. Well, we were just talking uh, that you haven't uh, really done a whole lot of ice fishing this year, and, uh, you know, you're not alone because uh, it really hasn't been a great year to get out there to this point. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle. You know, we've had some... Um, well, we didn't have ice for a while, and then when we did have ice, we got some snow, and so it's been kind of a kind of a hit or miss kind of a thing out there. And and um, <clears throat> quite honestly, Kevin, the last few weeks have been really busy on the TV side as well, so that's kept me um, off the ice a little bit. But um, midwinter, you know, is kind of the time when I get more time to be out there anyway, chasing those crappies and panfish. So so that good that good bite for those fish is still coming. So um, hasn't been great for me so far, but good stuff to look forward to <laughs> certainly but it hasn't been great for anybody as you noted um what about the lakes in the alexandria area i mean are uh, is the ice thick enough to get out there yet i know over like by Malax, it's still kind of dicey up here we're in pretty good shape yeah i you know i actually just checked in with with uh, one of my contacts at the bait shop not long ago shane there and he said yeah that you know there, there's fishable ice on on the lakes he said the snow conditions you know, vary a little bit, but he said at, at that time, and this was last week, you know, moving around was still pretty good. Um, I haven't been out there since then, so, but yeah, there, there's fishable ice, and I know the bite has been a little bit sporadic, but, you know, guys are getting out and, and, and they're doing their thing, so, but like I said, for me, that crappie bluegill stuff that, that's yet to happen in February and March is what really gets me going, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, you know, um, what we've heard is it's not the ice situation here. And I just talking to a guy just seconds ago, still having a heck of a time getting the roads plowed. And, you know, once they're plowed, then uh, next thing you know, there's still water coming up. And uh, so it's just a mess to get out there more than anything. And you get to a point sometimes where you just say, you know, is this really worth it? <laughs> well, you know, and that's that's kind of the, the whole game in, in the ice business is, when do we get safe ice and then once we get safe ice how good is that ice and then we get snow and we get water and a lot of stuff can you know can can mess it up like you said but you know i'm I'm confident that as we go here um and things settle down we get you know maybe another cold snap we'll take care of some of that slush and some of the stuff that's going on and you know we'll still have some good fishing coming up um but you know it's it's mother nature she always she she always holds the trump card i guess 
Yes, she does. That's a fact. Well, again, you you haven't done much yourself, but I, you know, you got your ear to the ground. I know you know what's going on in the outdoor world. Anything cool out there as far as new product or anything in the ice fishing world that you you think looks pretty interesting? Well, you know, I, I guess Kev, the thing that I keep um, that I keep going back to is the um, you know the advances in electronics that were that have happened in the last few years. You know, and we talk a lot. Um, in open water about forward-facing sonar. But when you look in the ice game, you know, for me, the biggest thing is when I get into chasing those panfish, particularly those crappies and then those bluegills when we get into, you know, late February and into March when those fish start coming back into those remnant weeds, um, having the ability to really see, you know, the individual weed stocks and the fish within them and then also see your bait um, can be so critical, and <clears throat> and that's where, like, you know, the new Vexlar, the FLX30, you know, does a great job of allowing you to see weeds and identify your bait and fish, and, and to me, that's just, you know, remarkable how detailed those units have become, and then the other thing, too, is that I really like it because they do so much hole hopping that time of the year, is now they're, you know, um, powered by a lithium-ion battery, so that thing is feather light, so you can hop, hold the hole, and and look for fish and, you know, be really efficient in your search. So I, I guess it still comes back to me more than anything is electronics. And then, you know, when you go back to the lure side of it, I mean, I still think the biggest advancement in, in ice fishing in the last several years has been the use of tungsten jigs. You know, I, I use a drop jig a lot for my crappie and bluegill fishing because it gets right down in the fish. I talked about fishing weeds. You know, it doesn't get hung up on the weeds because it's dense, it's heavy, but it's still small in profile, so those panfish will still eat it. So, you know, just uh, advancement and electronics and then, you know, the use of tungsten um, continue to be the two biggest things that, that I see, at least in my world. Okay. You know, um, there, there's two kinds of ice fishing. There's, uh, I'm going to sit in this nice warm house and watch the Vikings while I wait right. for the rattle. Or there's the, what you were describing, describing going hole to hole to hole. And if you're a serious ice angler, you're going to want to be mobile because it's just like when you're in a boat. That's your best shot at finding fish. Well, and you know, Kev, that's the, the thing that um, I come back to. Um, my, to be quite honest, I used forward-facing sonar a lot this this past year for the first time in my career. Um, you, you referenced Jace Peterson up there from in Bemidji. He's one of our producers now of Fish the Midwest TV, and I actually learned a lot fishing with Jace. Um, but one of the things that, that continues to amaze me is how mobile fish are, and it seems like these fish are constantly on the move, and we see that in open water. Well, it's the same through the ice, you know, so um, having the ability or the desire, I guess, to be mobile, move around, uh, pop holes, look, you know, all that goes into that search process. You know, if you really, really want to maximize your catch, I think that's what you have to do. Now, there's something to be said about being in a, a warm, permanent, hard-sided shack and wait for the rattle reel, but if you want to maximize your success, I really think you got to get out and be mobile and punch a lot of holes. Yeah, that's, uh, again, just like being in the boat. You go where the fish are, and, and you're going to have more success and of course, it's so much easier to be mobile now. I mean, with the electric, uh, with the electric augers, and you know, a lot of people use them just with their power drill. Uh, the, the, the mobile, flexible homes, all that stuff makes it so much easier to get around. 
Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the other thing, too, in terms of being mobile is, um, you know, for me, I use a small one-man portable, and I've got my, you know, my Vexlar, and I've got my K-Drill, which is really lightweight. Like you said, it's battery-powered, so I don't have to worry about it starting. I mean, you can set it up. It's kind of like a mini boat on the ice and, you know, move around and quickly cover a lot of water and drill a lot of holes and, and, and find those fish. And like we said, I'm, I mean, these fish are moving more than I think we ever realized they did. So I think if you really want to maximize your catch, um, you know, that's what you got to do. But on the flip side, you know, the comfortable sitting the permanent hard-sided shack and eat deer sausage and wait for our school to move through, there's something to be said about that. <laughs> so, you know, that's one of the cool things about ice fishing is it, it allows you to, to do either one of those. Yeah. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit about uh, fishing in the Midwest. Um, I know you, you were over in our neck of the woods doing an episode a while ago. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we, uh, as I said earlier, we um, have been working with Jace Peterson. Summy's been one of our producers now for the last year, and uh, we actually did a segment, uh, I think it was in October. And in fact, I'm sure it was in October. We fished Lake Bemidji. Um, we actually worked with, um, Robbie Moody. Robbie's from Missouri, and he actually works with a company called Right Height Marine. And Right Height makes a uh, transducer mount for forward-facing sonar called a turret, which allows you to allows an angler to scan using forward-facing sonar. Um, it's a motorized device that allows you to scan the transducer independent of the trolling motor. So the transducer is still. Um, mounted off the trolling motor but let's say you're spot locked and you want to scan side to side independently of where the trolling motor is moving you could do that so uh, Robbie came up from Missouri and we knew the bite was good on Bemidji and so we went up and we fished Bemidji and uh, we had a really good day Um, I don't know we probably put I don't know 10-12 fish that we call overs you know fish over 20 inches in the boat that day um, on Bemidji, and it was one of those deals where we used that, you know, our, our Lawrence, our um, uh, active target to look ahead of the boat and, and find those fish, and we cast a jig and a minnow to them, and then later on in the day, we went to some glide baits, some uh, tika minnows, and, and different things like that, and um, puppet minnows, the jigging wrap, I mean, we kind of threw a little bit of everything at them, and had a really good day up there, so, and that actually, that yeah, that's my first time on Lake Bemidji, and I was really really impressed with the number of fish and the size of fish in that system yeah it's a it's a good it's a good fishery it's all natural and it just keeps on cranking out fish year after year after year i'm surprised you've never been on momiji before well you know and when i said that i i got to take that back i remember several several years ago i actually came up and fished the take a kid fishing event that was out we fished on momiji that day but sure. that, those are the only two times that that I've been on there and um like I said it's it's I was <laughs> it was a lot of fun this fall and I told Jace I said I got to get up here and do this a little bit more often and, you know it's one of those situations Kev, where there's so much good water in the state of Minnesota that um I think I could fish every day the rest of my life and not hit them all but but the is one I, I definitely want to spend some more time on well, you're right about that. I mean, uh, you know, just if you just talk about your area, the Alexandria, uh, you know, Elbow Lake area, slide over to the Brainerd yep. area, and, and uh, the Bemidji area alone, uh, you just put a circle around those areas, and you'll never fish every lake. It's just not possible. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 that's exactly it. You know, and here's kind of a funny story. So there's a couple of, I don't, I don't want to call them a hidden or unknown, but 
there's a couple of bass lakes in my area that I used to fish 10 or 15 years ago quite a bit, and they're a little bit difficult to get to, um, you know, a little bit off the beaten path, and I'd kind of forgotten about them, and I happened to stop at a rest area. This was a year ago in, in the fall, and um, I actually had my pup with to, to let him, um, you know, exercise a little bit and, and do what a, a puppy needs to do, and actually an angler pulled in to the rest area who I knew and we got to talking and I, you know, asked me where I'd been fishing and I told him and I asked him and he mentioned these two lakes and immediately I thought, man, why haven't I been back to those <laughs> two lakes? I kind of forgot about them. We actually ended up making a couple of TV shows off of both of them this past year, you know, with largemouth that are, you know, three to four and a half pound fish and quite a few of them, you know, <laughs> and there they are, you know, lakes right in my area and I can't <laughs> about it. so t- too many lakes not enough time i guess right <laughs> well if we want to catch uh, some of the episodes where do we find uh, fishing in the midwest these days so kev we're kind of anchored in on two networks right now um valley sports north uh airs our shows on uh saturdays at 11 a.m um also through valley sports wisconsin as well mm-hmm. and then the sportsman's channel we we actually I made the move to the Sportsman's Channel um, this year for the first time, and our key anchor time there is on 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And then we also have three airings on Tuesdays as well on the Sportsman's Channel. But th- those are kind of our big our big two. And then, of course, um, we've on the Fish in the Midwest YouTube channel, we always post uh, the episodes. So when the episode airs on, you know, over the weekend, then the following Monday or Tuesday it goes up on YouTube and it's available on our website as well. And then um, a little later, uh, third and fourth quarters this year, we'll be airing on the World Fishing Network as well. But, um, you know, kind of a big two right now, our Valley Sports North and the Sportsman's Channel. Hey, we're not done with Mike Frisch. We've got a lot more to cover. We're going to talk more about Fishing the Midwest TV. We're going to talk about the School of Fish, and we've got a fast five. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest. And I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Winter has set in. Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi, comes alive during the frozen winter months. Whether you explore the hundreds of miles worth of trails by either snowmobile or snowshoe, Bemidji captures Minnesota at its finest. There are 400 lakes close by, perfect for that weekend ice fishing getaway. Located in the heart of northern Minnesota, Bemidji. Hotels, B&Bs, and year-round resorts, Bemidji has you covered for your perfect winter getaway. All reasons why Paul Bunyan and Babe call Bemidji home. For more details, go to visitbemidji.com. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're hanging out with Mike Frisch today on the podcast, talking about fishing the Midwest TV. And Mike, besides your your trip to Bemidji, any other uh, memorable uh, trips that we'll be able to see on fishing the Midwest? 
Well, actually, last weekend's episode, episode two, uh, we filmed in the Alexandria area, and I, it was on Lake Ida. Everybody knows it by now where we were at, but um, we actually had the best big fish catch that, that we've ever experienced on TV. Um, we were using forward-facing sonar when we were fishing a, um, a deep point and a hump, and I think we had uh, four fish four fish over 28 inches and two more over 27. Um, it was a big fish smackdown. Wow. And we, yeah, we caught those fish again using forward facing sonar and, and casting glide baits to them. So that episode actually aired last week. Um, it's up on our YouTube channel right now if people want to check that out. And then this coming weekend, um, week three, we're at Big Stone uh, over there on the Minnesota South Dakota border. And I actually catch the biggest bass in my career in that episode. The fish that was like 6.4 pounds. And we had another fish over 5 pounds and a bunch of 4-pounders. So um, we were fortunate this past year that we got in on some of the best big fish bites that, that I've ever been on. So, you know, um, we got some really good PG for, for the viewers as well. So how do you choose the lakes you're going to feature well, it's interesting because there's, you know, there's a couple things that drive it. Number one, um, we work with some of the tourism departments. Um, for example, we work with Alexandria Tourism. We work with Lake Cabotogama up, uh, you know, in northern Minnesota and Boise's National Park. Uh, we work with Big Stone. Um, in the past, we've, we've worked with the Kakalia. We've worked with some tourism in Wisconsin. So um, some of that drives it, you know, when we sign sponsorship agreements with the various areas. But then the other thing, too, is I just try to keep, you know, my my ears open to hear, you know, where opportunities for for good fishing are, and then we try to get in on them. For example, you know, like when Jason and I were talking uh, last late last summer, I said, Jason, I said, hey, we need a, you know, a walleye show where we need a number of, you know, good fish. And right away, Jason said, we can do it on Bemidji, <laughs> you know. So it's it's kind of that. You know, networking and talking to people. Where where's the big bite? Where are the good fish at? You know, because ultimately we want to show as many big fish as we can. You know, and I know that maybe it's not realistic for everybody to go out and and have a catch like we had on episode two. But I mean, that was truly a once in a lifetime deal for me too. You know, so not every episode is going to be loaded with big fish, but we're we're like anybody else. We want to catch big fish, so we're going to try to you know, go to places where they come from and, you know, stay on the hot site. And a lot of it, like I said, is networking and, you know, kind of keeping an ear to out and hearing what's going on. Well, how uh, how is the School of Fish going these days? You busy? Yeah, School of Fish, we're actually kept, we're ramping up for year number 11. It's hard to believe we've been <laughs> doing it this long already. But, yeah, we just wrapped up year number 10, um, and I just ran our numbers the other day. We have now presented over 250 schools and had over 7,000 people come through our, our school. So, wow. you know, we're pretty proud of our, you know, our first 10 years. And right now we're in the process of scheduling schools for 2023. Uh, I think we've got maybe 18 schools already on the schedule for the year. But now is the time if people want to, you know, bring a school of fish to their community. We work with a lot of community education departments through the schools, but wildlife clubs, fishing clubs, uh, you name it, we've, you know, we've, hosted for a lot of different organizations and right now is the time like i said we're, we're busy scheduling and we run classes 
pretty much we start in March. We go March, April, May is our really busy season, but we also do some in June, July, and August now too. And, um, you know, for those that don't know, school fishing is a two and a half hour kids fishing class, but it works for, you know, adults as well. And basically what we do is we spend the first half of the class in kind of a classroom setting using a workbook uh, where kids learn about the lakes, the fish that live in them, and, you know, lures and different things like that, how to find fish. And then Zebco is the title sponsor. They get a Zebco rod and reel combination. And we use that to teach them to tie a fisherman's knot. And then um, we show them how to rig and use a flip-bobber setup as well. So kind of our claim to fame is when kids leave class, they're educated, excited, and equipped to go fishing. So, um, yeah, we're, we're we're getting after it again. We're, we're looking forward to another good year. Excellent. And I know in the past you'd had done some ice fishing classes. Is that still part of it or not? Well, we kind of do that on a limited basis. We don't we we, we don't formally advertise it, Kevin. Quite honestly, um, I still do a few every year where people like maybe a uh, uh, venue that's done an open water school for a couple of years and wants to try an ice school will look at doing that. Um, the problem that I run into there's only one of me and only so many hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we you know we still do you know a limited number of those. For us, our really our focus is is the open water school and you know the, the cool thing about it is like we've been in Kimball, Minnesota for 10 years straight and you know people think that well you know you can only go there once well there's always new new kids coming through every year so um, we go to a lot of places where we've been in uh, you know in the past and we think it speaks well of our program I mean repeat repeat business is kind of what drives any business and, and we have a lot of it so you know we're proud of that. I know in, in the past you mentioned that, you know, a lot of it you, you work with people in the, the uh, community education programs in various towns. Um, is, is that, uh, you know, if somebody's in the community ed biz, they, they probably should say, hey, if I'm interested, in, I can get a hold of Mike. And, and how do they do that? So, yeah, that, that's one of the, that's the number one way, Kev, that we schedule classes is through community education because what the community ed departments like about it is, we're kind of a turnkey operation. I mean, when they when they contract with us, all they need to do is get a venue, take registration, get get the kids there. Uh, when we get there, we handle everything from the start of class to the end of the class, and you know we have our system dialed in pretty smoothly. So um, they can simply shoot me an email, and my email is pretty easy to remember. It's schooloffish at outlook.com, schooloffish at outlook.com. Or if people want to go on the Fish in the Midwest website, they can hit the School of Fish icon and they can actually see our, our school schedule that's coming up and there's information about our classes and some testimonials. So, again, it's fishinthemidwest.com and click on School of Fish and, and they can learn more there as well. All right. And, and uh, you know, and obviously it doesn't have to necessarily be um, that. I mean, there's a lot of outdoor clubs out there that look to give back to their community that, that could Put, you know that could give you a call and get something set up too right oh yeah absolutely for example um in brandon minnesota they have a fin and feather club and their fin and feather club sponsors a school of fish for kids every year uh, we had 74 kids at the brandon fin and feather school of fish last year <laughs> you know so wow. yeah absolutely wildlife clubs are another you know we've had a lot of success working with wildlife clubs fishing clubs um, when we go to 
we go to Egan every year and we work with the Minnesota Valley and Fisherman Club. They, they sponsor as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to make it happen. And, and like, like I, I think I mentioned, if people have interest um, and they don't know how to bring it to their community, I think if they shoot me an email and we can have a phone conversation, you know, there's a lot of different avenues to make it happen. All right. Very cool. Well, Mike, before we let you go, do you have time for a fast five? Absolutely. I'll have time for a fast five. All right, here we go. Fast five. Who's with me? (laughs) Question number one. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Easy. Easy peasy. Question number two. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Uh, A huge sturgeon. I can't remember how big it was. Huge sturgeon on the Rainy River fishing with Wayne Peterson from the Mitch. <laughs> Number three, uh, you are uh, the, the uh, guest of honor at the feast. They say, Mike, whatever you want to eat, that's what we're eating. What are we eating? We are having prime rib. <laughs> yeah! Hope I'm invited. You just can't go wrong with that, can you? Nope. All right, question number four. Are you a coffee drinker? No. No? Okay. Diet Coke, but I've actually actually came back as well. I'm trying to to eat and and just be healthier in my nutrition choices. All right, well, good for you. Finally, question number five. Uh, I think you're about my age, so this is uh, something that you should be able to relate to. Ginger or Marianne? Um, ginger. <laughs> the fishing world is all a bunch of ginger guys. Everybody loves ginger in the fishing world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. I love that one. No, that <laughs> okay. And a bonus question, uh, your New Year's fishing and hunting resolution. Well, my, my New Year's fishing resolution is to get back to fishing more of those smaller hidden lakes that I talked about. Um, there's a few more of them that I've kind of forgotten about and it's like I need to spend more time in there. My hunting resolution is to take a white tail buck over 150 inches with archery equipment. Um, that one's been on, that one's been the, that one's been there for quite a few years, but hey. <laughs> It's a goal. All right. He's Mike Frisch from Fishing the Midwest. You can check him out at fishingthemidwest.com. And uh, he is also the the main man behind the School of Fish. We just talked about how you can do that. And, again, watch Mike on the show. That's at uh, Bally Sports North, Bally Sports Wisconsin, and the Sportsman's Channel, correct? Yep, yep. 10, 10.30 on the Sportsman's Channel on Sunday mornings, and then 11 a.m. on the Valley Network Saturday. Mike Frisch, great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Hey, Kev, I always appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. That's a, that's it for this time around on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. I'm Kev Jackson. Love having you hang out with us. We appreciate it very much. Good luck when you're out on the water or out on the hard water as it is. Make sure you're staying safe. Paul Bunyan Country.